It's about the good walk and the hard walk and the young girls you made cry. It's about making little music every day till you die. It's a beautiful ride. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 21st episode, I'm here with Jackson Steinwall. Throughout this podcast, we discuss community, the fam jam, being a multi-instrumentalist, and growing up in a musical family. We also play this new game called the Producer's Game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, this uh, the Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a movie in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming the Toronto-based funk master, Jackson Steinwall. He's an accomplished multi-instrumentalist, a green squid, and the host of the Fam Jam, which happens every Tuesday, by the way, at... uh, the supermarket, so an early shout-out there um, for the Fam Jam. He is also one of the friendly staff members at Omquay Bloor, the front person of Steinwall, and has a boatload of extra stuff to talk about today, um, which I'm looking forward to. So for more information, to get in touch or to even book Jackson, look him up on socials at Jackson Steinwall. So without further ado, further ado please welcome Jackson Steinwall to the podcast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey. I'm really happy to be here. Hey, thanks. Thanks for those kind words. Hey, thank you. Um, we always start off the the, the podcast with, um, you know, the one, the, the same question. Your favorite live show experience as a fan. I, I could talk probably for like 25 minutes on my top 10 favorite shows I've seen. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's so hard to narrow it down. Um, cause I've had shows that really like affected me like in a profound way, mm. uh, like kind of growing up or like some other shows that I felt like really like moved me. Mm. But I would say my favorite live performance that I've ever seen was Anderson Pack at Echo Beach the second time. <laughs> there you go. The first time it was like he came at Echo Beach. It was sick. It was right off, uh, Malibu and it was sick. Mm. I had a great time. The show was good. I wanted him to play more drums. Was the only okay. thing I was like, sure, sure. Oh, I wish he had played more drums, but I was very satisfied. The second time he came to Echo Beach, he he was like doing, um, uh, he was doing like a big show, uh, one of those like desert music festival shows. Okay, and, or something. <laughs> but at Echo Beach, yeah, but yeah, but it's like he had he was touring the show, so he had all these like stairs and and <laughs> the band was all like up on the stairs there's projections on the stairs he played for like three hours yeah and he had like a drum riser that would like he would play drums and it would like go in a little elevator and he would like <laughs> pop out and start singing and like okay. did a costume change when he went in and it was just like that's the best show i've ever seen wow wow wow! wow. and i love his music he's probably my favorite like modern one of my favorite modern artists so yeah yeah i just like to hear all the songs i love yeah and a show that blew me away like that it was that's the best one for sure because you mentioned that you could talk 30 minutes about some of your favorite concerts do you have another one that maybe stands out as well yeah i was i well the one that i one that stands out is uh i was 14 
I think it was like I was just just started playing bass. Yeah. Like I just got my own bass mm. and was like getting into it. And it was like the G10 summit going on. Sure. sure. And there was a TD Jazz Festival at Nathan Phillips Square. Herbie Hancock was playing. <sighs> but the it was like there were riots downtown. We were like, should we go? And right, right, right. We ended up deciding that we would go. And uh, Tal Wilkenfeld was playing bass. She's like this curly haired bass goddess. And yeah. It was just like, just like, and I was, I'd playing a lot of Herbie Hancock songs at school, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Learn Herbie, Herbie sure. Hancock songs. So, like, the first groovy songs you really learn. Yeah. And it's just like, just watching the band play, just watching like her play. She was really young playing with all these like old dudes. And I was yeah, just like, yeah, sure. wow, this is so, this is so cool. Mm. And just kind of made me be like, yo, I want to do this. I want to yeah, play yeah, groovy, yeah. funky music. And it, it was like really uh, inspirational. Amazing. And and probably up until that Anderson Pack show, I would say that was like my favorite concert. That was that was your favorite. Do you have a do you have a favorite performance of yours? We're still in the live like performance kind of, of mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's that's hard for me to say. Uh, I went on tour with a band called Afterfunk. Yeah. Um, we did like I did like six months of touring with them. We did like a big tour all across the states, yeah, and played some really, really cool places. Um, uh, I don't know, like it's hard to say. I played at the Joshua Tree Music Festival nice. with them. That was like re really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, I also played a band called Squid Party, which is like made up of like three of my best friends that also are my funkiest friends. So it's like they're <laughs> ten out of ten on the friendship and funk scale there you go <laughs> and so every time i play with them it's it's like my dream yeah so, yeah yeah so we just played a show at tapestry like last month or mm. two months ago now um and that might have been my favorite night of music ever yeah uh, yeah yeah but it's so hard to say because every time i play with those guys it's my favorite night of music. amazing amazing i was just telling jackson before we press press record that i would eventually get all the squids on here uh one at a time to talk about their favorite uh their favorite stuff but also just their their career because they're all accomplished very accomplished now uh, individually they're so. unbelievable people yeah every yeah. squid yeah blows me away yeah yeah and that's why like I, when we get together and play it's just like <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. who are you guys <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And they're, they're all very separated now, right? Mm -hmm. Well, J Julian's still here. You're also here, but but Julian's like Julian's, uh, you know, wanted in every corner of the world. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. he's he's always on some tour. Yeah. He's like he's going to L.A. next week to record an album. Like yeah. he's he's hard to nail down. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam's in Japan and Callum's in L.A. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like it's cool. It makes the squids also kind of like a special occasion. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. a reunion mm. kind of thing too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, it's like at the end of the day, it's also just like a big friendship thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like even me and Sam and me and Julian and me and Callum, like I have like a, a individual friendship with each one of them from mm. different places, but yeah, yeah. they also like Julian and Callum known each other since high school. Yeah. Sam, Julian and Callum all play together with Scott Hellman. Mm. And so it's like, they all, we all have a connection to each other person yeah, yeah, yeah. musically and just like from our lives. So mm. it's just like, makes it a really fun. That's awesome. Just like a really fun time. Can I ask you how I, I refer to you as the green squid? Mm -hmm. Is there, was there a, is there like a origin story or a background from like a story maybe on just picking 
the green squid. The green squid, or just like the story of the squids, um, like how that how that came about. So uh, yeah, the, the the really quick origin of the squids was that, like I said, we were four best friends, and we just kind of decided like to jam. Yeah, we would have like I think weekly jams or mm-hmm. like every couple weeks we would just get together and play in my attic. Yeah, um, and uh, it was really fun. And so funky, we were just like, okay, we got to play like a show where we just, four <laughs> sure. of us jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it was like, you know, we had a group chat going on with it. And I think Sam had sent some like gif, some like, you know, a humorous gif that was like some kind of like anti-tentacle thing. <laughs> okay, sure. You know, I don't yeah. know the context, but <laughs> yeah. you know, you guys know what the internet's like. So. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we like changed his name to Squid Daddy. And then, sure, and sure. then we yeah, changed yeah. the name of the group chat to Squid Party. And then we played a show and Sam was like, oh, it'd be fun if we all wear like stupid hats. And he brought like this bag of hats. I think I wore like a luchador mask at a okay. show yeah, yeah, at yeah. Night Owl. Yeah. And then uh and then we were it was goofy and funny. Then we we're like, oh, we should wear actual squid hats. Then we ordered them. The color like online. Yeah. Like a- the colors kind of just fell in. I think Sam wanted to be blue. I was the only one out of the four of us that smoked weed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I got kind of wanted to be the red squid because I was like red, but it was just like you know, I would be like out there alone smoking weed, come back to jam. So I'd be like, you know what? If anyone's going to be a green squid, <laughs> it's going to be me. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And Callum's red. Callum, and then... Callum's red and Julian's pink. Pink. It kind of was just like, I think Sam wanted blue. I took green. Um, I, we, I think everyone thought Julian's vibe fit the pink one the best. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, Callum was like, Callum, you're red, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's awesome. Was... That's great. Going into the second question here, uh, the fans know, the, the listeners know, uh, Erica Badu, legend. Um, she has a quote that says, music and music business are two different things. Um, that's her quote. Um, give you a sec to think about that. But because it's a music business sort of podcast, music industry podcast, mm-hmm. everything you need to know about the music industry type situation, um, I just want to ask you your instinct, or you, mm-hmm. sorry, your first, your first instinct, your first kind of thoughts on, Music and music business are two different things. Hmm. That, uh, I believe, in the business is what they call a doozy. Because... (laughs) There you go. Holy moly. Uh, Yeah, what can... I mean, my first impressions, I always... I think of music kind of like cooking a bit, Mm. where it's like there's there's a way you can cook uh, at every level, right? You could be like a five-star Michelin chef and have a professional career as, as a cook. Um, you could just like have a passion for cooking and do it in your own home mm-hmm. and just like make something that, uh, that you think is artistic and beautiful and that challenges you. Or you could just make like a pizza in the oven cause you don't have that much time. It's like with music, it's kind of the same thing. It's like music is nourishes and music is like a cathartic thing. Yeah. And for a lot of people that, that everyone has a relationship with music just like how everyone has a relationship with food but the business of it is like how to monetize it how to make money how to like actually make it a career Mm. and that isn't always like it doesn't always complement the part of music that's kind of just like fun nourishing necessity like i love making music because i love it right and 
I don't really, I've been really lucky in the sense that I've kind of been able to find, you know, I'm not like rolling in dough or whatever, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. but I've been able to find different parts of the music industry that are just complement the way I like to be. Yeah. And, and I think there is a business of music out there where it's like suits and ties and people trying to like market and make a product. Yeah. And then there are people in their basement making music just to like feel that connection to like the universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would say music is, is something that's versatile and the music business is trying to try. It's also something that's easily shareable. So the music business is like trying to reach the world with music. Um, but my instinct is that, and what I've kind of learned from doing a lot of these like kind of community based jams and just like things that kind of are go against um, a commercial or like a, maybe a more like popular idea of like what a trajectory of a musician should be. Yeah, yeah. And I've been really lucky to have that and to kind of see that there's a whole other world and a whole other beautiful way to play music mm. that doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to play at the ACC one day. <laughs> oh, man. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, when I first started playing and I was like a drummer, that's where I first started kind of like really loving music. Right. I was like, oh, one day I'll be at the ACC. One day I'll be playing and everyone will love it and I'll sell millions of records. And I feel like as I got older, that start, started meaning less and less to me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I started just finding like, you know, more love and profundity just like being with my friends mm. and sharing music but that way yeah, yeah having kind of like a community based around that so i would say music and music business like erica said are very different erica she's probably got some probably knows what she's talking yeah about. a little bit <laughs> they are different and it's like it but i don't really have a foot in the music industry right right i don't and i like the like the the recorded music industry mm. i don't really have a foot in there yeah so for me it just kind of feels like uh music music is is food and if yeah, i yeah. don't eat i'll die yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's kind of how yeah. i feel about it you say you don't necessarily have a a foot in the industry um well that might might, might be true do you feel i feel like you have a very um large footprint on the music community of Toronto. Um, where do you, I mean, I, I divide as well community versus the business part. Um, but for those who can't kind of find their way through that, where do you draw the lines there? Um, well, okay. I mean, there are, I would say as a bass player, there are a few types of gigs that are available to me as far as like making a career. Um, and it's kind of been like an interesting journey to do a bunch of different things and find out what I like and what I don't. Mm. Um, I feel like every musician doesn't feel like they're ready. You know, I feel like that's part of the, the blessing and the curse of having like an art be so locked with your identity is that like you're never satisfied. Mm. You know, like I for the longest time, like I didn't really consider myself like a pro level bass player even right now like even though i can do lots of stuff and the years have helped me be a better bass player mm. sometimes hard for me to be like oh yeah like to be a pro bass player in a like 
let's say there's like a record or like a, like a record company and they have a bunch of artists and those artists need bands to go on tour with them to play either to record or to play live. Yeah. If you're that kind of bass player to play with like a pop artist, let's say it's just like a whole mentality. You are playing music. Uh, a lot of times these days to tracks. Yeah. You're playing the, the tone is like the, the main crux of, of what you're bringing and and the musicality is sticks very closely to like almost like a script. Yeah. Oh like yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to totally, play, you have to play this. Mm -hmm. You don't have a lot of room um, for like, you know, stupid little fills or something, which probably for the best. Let's <laughs> be honest. There you go. But it's like, sometimes I say, and again, this is kind of just me also sometimes being self deprecating. Sometimes I say like, that's, that's, that's a style of playing that my ADHD won't allow me to do. Sure. You know, and yeah, I yeah. feel like as a bass player, Coming from drums, I was like, oh, I just want to play really fast. Yeah. And when I came to the bass, I was like, yeah, I'll play really fast here too. Right. And even the instrument itself is like, no, dude, you got you to gotta play one thing over and over again and mm. you got to learn to like it. Um, and we're talking about the music industry. So, yeah, I feel like that, that whole world of like, you know, being a professional, polished bass player, mm. as much as um, I just don't – it just doesn't feel like that's – it in line with my personality yeah yeah. even yeah. like recorded music like i don't have a whole lot of experience recording mm -hmm. like either being recorded or even just working on a project that's that's like focusing on recording something yeah so it definitely and like i feel like where i've kind of like made my life existence is in like the, a jam scene yeah yeah and like even all this like squid party and all these other bands i'm in like <laughs> Most of the, all very jam based, very jam based, yeah, 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 which is like the way I love to do it. Like, don't prepare nothing and play for five hours, like, yeah, sure, sure. I love it, yeah, and yeah. It's, and you find really special, magical moments in, th in that. And you're like, when you're connecting to that like divine creativity, and you're saying, like, okay, I, the whole point of today is I want to do things I've never done, mm. and so I release my power to whatever that is. that whatever that is going to do, whatever is going to make me do something that I've never done. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm letting go for. Mm -hmm. And then when that happens and you, something happens that you've never done or something happens that like you press even yourself, it's like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 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 You, sure. You are here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A couple minutes ago, you said something that I, I really, really, really love that. Um, you're finding your own way to be successful. And you're you're positioning your you're positioning yourself in positions <laughs> that um, that you're finding success in yourself, um, and that could be hard for a lot of people because the business dictates that we have to do this and we have to do that. And um, I think it's great that you found your own kind of place of comfort and just operation in 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 the music community let's say um i agree and i feel supremely blessed yes yeah you know i and like i don't know what my life's gonna look like i don't know what my trajectory is really gonna be in the future but like I, yeah i've been like insanely blessed mm. i was even like uh i know we're probably gonna get all into the history of yeah, yeah. the jam and my like yes yeah. and stuff but like even like going like I went to school for education and I was like, I don't know if I really want to be a player. My sister's 
I have a twin sister, Emily, who was kind of like the player. She really had like a passion for it. And I felt like, okay, you have to have that level if, if you're going to take it seriously. Right. Um, and like I said, I'm not like always the most polished bass player. I like to be bombastic and goofy about playing. So it doesn't always fit with a lot of uh, context. So I always just feel like I'm lucky. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure, like, sure, sure, yeah. Like, even, like, I remember being it since I've started playing, I've also just, like, also had a consistent schedule of playing. I mm. just, like, will get uh, just, like, random gigs will come up. I've been, like, had a lot of opportunity to just play. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's... And yeah, it's kind of been all on my own terms. Mm. Do, do you have any, I, I guess the question leading here for me, do you have any tips for those people who aren't necessarily, don't know what mm. their like comfort zone is rather? Is it just trying different stuff and being, yeah, you know, or or is it staying in something that you've always loved as a kid maybe, and we, we will get to that, but mm -hmm. like, I don't know if, if you had jams as a kid and you kind of stuck with that sort of model or mm. was it after university that you found just by trial and error, this is what I like. I'll just stick to that. And you found success in that. I feel like I feel like it's kind of going to be a mix of all those things you said. And, like, there is no one way to do it. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I, I'm not, I, you know, am I in the perfect place doing exactly everything I love all the time? No. Yeah. So it's like there's never going to be 100% you're doing exactly what you love every yeah, yeah. day. And it's going to feel like rainbows every day. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, I remember I went to – I had kind of like a moment. So I went to school for classical bass and education. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was basically just so I, I was like, I was in high school and I loved high school music. And I was like, oh, what what, what can I do? I don't want to be a jazz saxophone player like Emily or jazz bass player. So I'll just be a teacher because that's the only other real world I know. Um, and, but I had kind of like a epiphany moment halfway through where I, I did want to play more music. Yeah, yeah. That I, that I, I did want to play more electric bass. And I remember I went to Victor Wooten's base camp. Yeah. It's like a bit nature camp for musicians. Mm. Uh, and I went there and it, it really changed my life, but in a different way than I kind of wanted to, where it's <laughs> like, I went there to, to like get the secrets. You right. Know? I went there to be like, okay, Victor Wooten, I want to be a really good funk bass player or like a really good groove bass player. Yeah. And you are that. How do I do that? Mm. What are your secrets? And but and like Victor Wooten, the best bass player in the world, basically was just like, if you want to do something, you just got to do it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. like I came to Nashville for this. Like, sure, sure. But it just it made it was just like, of course, of course, you just do it. You just do it. Yeah. You love doing it. You do it. Yeah. You, you like you go find people that love to do it, too. And then you do it together. And then, <laughs> and then like, but that adds up, even if you did it like 10 minutes a day yeah. or like, you know, like, like I, like my thing was I wanted to be like a funk bass player or like a groove based bass player. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. I started practicing a little bit every day. I started like listening to like funk and finding bands that were like, okay, this could be like, like, I remember like. After that, I went on a tear and downloaded like every like funk artist <laughs> yeah. from the seventies, like entire discography. Sure. And like I didn't love it all, you right. know. Like Parliament, I was like, oh yeah, if I want to be bass player, I gotta love Parliament and learn every bass line. 
but not at all. It didn't always resonate with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for example, like the Meters, which was a band I, I only knew a little bit about, really resonated with me. Right. And like the whole Rejuvenation album became like my holy grail of yeah. like Pocket. And it was just like, or like uh, like Lettuce was like. An oh, R yeah. RH Factor. Just like these bands that I like, you know, knew a little bit about, but like was like, oh, if I want to do it, I just got to do it. And so yeah, yeah. just make it part of your life. Mm. You know, like I have this, uh, I have this song in my band where it's called I'll Be Fine. And I wrote it kind of around that time. There's a little uh, speech in the middle, like a little uplifting speech. Yeah. And it's basically just like, if, if you make something a part of who you are, mm. you know, if you just make it a part of your daily being, yeah, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the, the music industry is one of those things where it's like, because there's so many people around you doing stuff, it's so easy to compare and put you in those places and wonder how you would do. But it's it's like, you just do it every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, and then you'll, you'll be fine. I've also been using this quote from Walk Hard, Dewey's Hawk story. <laughs> yeah. Best movie ever. Okay. One of the best, I agree. Best I agree. movies ever. Yeah. The music is like, has no no business being that good. <laughs> it's but true. There's this, oh my God. I haven't, sorry, I haven't thought of that movie in, in years. I love that, that movie. There's a line at the end of the movie I've been thinking about <laughs> so much in the last year. And it's like, he's like doing his last song, the culmination of his whole life. And he goes, um, it's about the good walk and the hard walk and the young girls you made cry. It's about making little music every day till you die. Doom. It's a beautiful ride. That's the song, but it's about making little music every day till you die. And, you know, business schmizness, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make it every day till you die because it's good for your soul. Mm. And so, yeah. And, and, and if, if I'm any example, obviously I have a lot of, I come from a lot of privilege, a lot of opportunity. Um, even just like my parents and my sister have given me like enormous opportunity. So I am very lucky in that sense, but like I, I've, I've just been like doing what I love yeah, and kind of no matter what, and it's been working out. So I would say anybody who's, who, who feels like they don't quite fit in the idea of what they should be in this industry um f f those haters yeah <laughs> there you go clip it <laughs> let's yeah. get into the let's get into yeah, okay. the family okay uh, situation yeah. um mentioning it a bunch of times throughout throughout the mm -hmm. episode so far um you grew up here i grew up here yeah, yeah. in the east end yeah hey, like, in the east probably end. like 20 minute drive at woodbine, okay. woodbine and danford nice that's awesome um how was how was your musical upbringing you mentioned your parents yeah emily yeah um so, so my uh my whole family is really musical. Okay. Like, like, yeah. like my grandparents on my mom's side were like jazz musicians. Okay. My grandfather was a trumpet player and my granny was awesome. a piano player. Yeah. Well, my, uh, well, my, my grandfather still is a trumpet player, although he's like 93. So he's put it down. I okay. Think. Sure. Sure. But my, my granny was a piano player and she had like perfect pitch and was like an amazing yeah. pianist. Uh, and so that whole side of my family was really musical. And it, mom or dad? My side? mom, my mom's stuff. Mom. So my mom's a piano player, and like a lot of my cousins are musicians. Mm. Like I remember one time, I have a cousin. His name's Aaron Long. He's actually an animator in LA. He yeah. he produces his own cartoons. Look him up, Aaron Long. He's a genius. Um, <laughs> awesome. But he also has perfect pitch. Okay. And I remember, <laughs> is it like a 
No, I mean to be honest, I feel like perfect pitch is 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 just, is a curse too. So. Okay, there you go. And yeah. you know what? What you know? I don't. Uh, know. But what the thing that blew me away with his perfect pitch was that one we would have like a party. Yeah. At and uh, and then we'd all sit around in the living room and there's a piano there and we were just like, hey Aaron, play this song, and he'd just play it. Yeah. Or he'd be like, what about this one? And he'd just know it, or he could hear it and just know it. Right. And like that to me was like. Okay, that's the coolest thing. Right. So, like, I remember I even used to, like, at, at parties in, like, middle school, I would be like, okay, just tell me a Beatles song, any Beatles song, and I'm going to try to learn it right here, just like Aaron. Yeah. And uh, and so that – I feel like that also was, like, just very – so that I had a lot of, like, that. And then my dad's also a piano player. He's, like, a gigging, like, piano bar piano player. Nice, yeah. Um. And they were very, very good in the sense that they didn't push us to be musicians at all. Right. We just had so much music in the house. And we we did take music lessons. And I think after, I think up until we were 10, we had to take piano lessons. Mm. And then they made a rule where like you could do, you could, you could quit piano, but you have to take some kind of lesson. Right. You have to have some kind of instrument. Right, right. Because they just thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so that was kind of like the early influence. And then when I, by the time I got to grade seven and eight, um, I'd kind of like, I'd started meeting other people who were musicians. Like I met Sean Clary. Do you know Sean Clary? I don't know. No. He's a guitar player. And like, he's amazing. And when I met him in grade seven, he feels like he was the same level as he is now. Like, he sure, was, sure. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right. And like, uh, and, and I just would mean like in middle school was meeting like Patrick Hamilton, his brother, Seamus Hamilton. There was just like all these really amazing musicians. And it kind of was like, oh, you can really do this. Right, right, right. And I was like, oh, I have all this foundation that I didn't even realize I had. Yeah. And then Emily started getting really into it. And mm. I think that kind of helped. I have a twin sister named Emily. And I feel like we kind of started pushing each other there. Um, but yeah, my, my parents were like all so supremely supportive. They were like, I was like, I want a drum kit and learn drums. Nice. I want to, I took like a bass lesson really early on. and was like, ah, oh, this is, I didn't want to do it, but I learned to play like this. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was like later on, I, every time I played guitar, I would do this. So right, it right. made sense that I went back to bass, but they were like, okay, we get you electric drum kit. And if you prove yourself, you can get a real one. Nice. And so like, they just were so supportive. It, it kind of was unbelievable. Were your parents both like uh, working musicians? Um, yeah. My mom wasn't necessarily like a gigging musician. Yeah. yeah. She did a lot of that kind of before she had us. Okay. And yeah. then she was kind of like, um, she like worked at Long and Quaid actually for a little bit, but I know she kind of like for, for the, she was like mostly just like at home with yeah. us. Um, she went, uh, he ended up being real estate. Um, okay. But she was, she would just play at home. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. going to like open mic nights with her. Yeah. Like that's when awesome. I was young. Yeah. Like she was, she, she was like part of songwriting circles. They both were. Nice. Um, and so they were like both avid songwriters. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of music in the house going on. Right. They're also both singers. Yeah. So like on car rides, we, yes. would, all, we yeah. would always sing. Yeah. Like we would, we used to like, phone people on their birthday like family members on their birthday and do either leave a message or call them in four-part harmony (laughs) and and it's like it's it was one of those things where it's like at the time it just felt normal right it felt like oh this is just like we're singing yeah yeah 
we're all singing. Yeah. And then later on, I, it, it wasn't really like till later that I, that I'm like, you know, singing harmony as at the jam and stuff that it's like, Oh, all this stuff was foundation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, I, yeah. I, I did, I was taking for granted. Yeah. 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 So you went to U of T mm-hmm. for, so it was a, a like an educate educate like five year education five year education program on upright bass so it was like there classical you go. classical bass okay which I didn't really know that well before going okay it was kind of like it was kind of just like I had played electric bass in high school and um and did you do your audition on electric uh no I did you had to I right? did it on it was like a classical degree yeah 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 so yeah. like I just like uh. There was actually a bass player in the in the neighborhood. His name is Tim Dawson. He played with the Toronto Symphony. Yeah. And so just like for a year, my last year of high school, I just went to him weekly for lessons. Yeah. I was just like, hey, because uh, I played piano and I was I want to go for education, but you could only go in a classical stream. Yeah. So I was like, what do I do? Do I like try to get all my piano chops up? Like, right. You know, but that that was like impossible like the level in a year the level you have to be to like get into a university for piano even if you're going for education it's a lot yeah and you have to be able to read music and stuff yeah yeah. i'm not good at that sure but they were like but the bass it's like you don't get paid by the note so it's like you don't have to pay (laughs) you're not playing little violin lines yeah and and it was just like you know i think there might have been like 10 people applying and they were accepting two Right. Whereas piano, there was like, you know, 400 people applying and they were accepting like 15. Sure. So sure, it was sure. just like, it just seemed. The odds were, it was were just more like, in your favor. Yeah. And as far as like learning a new instrument goes, that was kind of out of the question. Mm. And, and I wasn't really ready to do anything besides music. Yeah. Like, I, w- I also, I, I think I mentioned before we started talking, at the time in high school, I was really into like arranging and composing. And like, I I'm a big gamer. Yeah. And like, so video game scores and like being in that whole industry was something that appealed to me. You know, I like grew up listening to the music from games. Yeah, yeah. It's like blows me away sometimes. Like the genius that you could find in there. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if I go to school for classical music, I'll play bass. Mm. I'll have all this opportunity to like not only listen but learn like all these like classical techniques and yeah, yeah, yeah. composing techniques and stuff. So um, I, I uh, don't regret a single, single moment of it. Although yeah, I don't yeah. really play upright anymore. Definitely takes like a whole, whole level of discipline um, and physicality. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that you got to be dedicated. Yeah. My partner, Marina, Lope, do you know Marina? Marina yeah, yeah. Yeah. She did. She did upright in high school, but when she went to Humber, it was like no more upright. <laughs> It's, no more upright. it's huge. Yeah. And there is a sound you can only get from the upright, but it's just like what what I used to say was that like the especially with the bow. It's like the bow, you could spend nine years just working on the bow hand. Yeah. But it's like for me, the the upright bass was like a large muscle instrument. Mm-hmm. Especially I was doing like solo rep and stuff where you're always up there. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's large muscles. It's yeah. like your arms, <laughs> right, your back right. and your shoulder. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like uh the bass, electric bass, is a lot of like your shoulders and arms too, mm-hmm. but like it's very small muscles, like it's very tendon yeah, based, yeah, yeah. and so it just like although the layout is similar, and although the technique that I I learned going to school was like invaluable, yeah, yeah. for my technique, mm-hmm. um, 
it's just they just feel like different instruments to me. Totally. And if you don't practice one, it you get worse at it. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like had this giant bass in my house <laughs> taking up so much room. Yeah. And it's like cracking. It's like wood. You got to take care of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay. Humidify it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I actually, um, I played one gig on it. Somebody was like, can you play a gig? And my intonation was so bad. I couldn't read it. I was like, I don't, I'm just going to do other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, but you love your university kind of experience yeah. anyway. Yeah, right? I loved it. I had like a really, I had a really good uh, crew of people. Like I made nice. a lot of good friends. And, yeah. and I, uh, I think also, I don't know if I mentioned it before or after we pressed record, but mm. I, I also like when I had that second year epiphany and went to yeah. Victor Wooten's base camp, I actually it was funny. I went to two base camps that year. I went to one in Nashville, Victor Wooten, um, which blew me away. And then I got this opportunity to go to an F base camp in Magog, Quebec. <laughs> and wow. the two instructors were wow. Michael, like the two main ins- like guests were Michael League. Okay. And Yannick. Snarky puppy, by the yeah, way. And Yannick Gustala. Okay. Who I think at the time he was like playing in John Mayer's band and like yeah. he was like a, a, an amazing bass player. Sure, like yeah. Professional. Amazing. International bass player and uh and yeah so it was just like this one summer i was like oh i don't know what i want to do did i make the wrong choice not going to humber because i'm not right. i'm not don't i'm not meeting the right people like was that the year before university like that between 12 and no and... that was second year university. oh right sorry yes, so yeah, it yeah. was basically i was just like i didn't go to school because i didn't know if that's what i wanted to do i'd like play electric bass yeah and then i felt like oh no am i like like because because you know bless the the people at classical school and I love them all. And I found lots of really cool people to play music with and jam with, but like, you know, there's not like a huge groove culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there's not like a whole lot of like people that liked a lot of this and wanted to play a lot of the same music I liked. So it was, I was like worried that I made the wrong choice. Mm, And, and I ended up actually applying to Humber and my credits didn't didn't transfer right so uh and there was a couple it was like and also the five-year program that i got accepted to was no longer available after that year right so it was kind of right, like right. if i wanted to do teacher's college it was kind of like i stuck with this five-year program or or, or not right um but yeah i i had i had that two base camp summer yeah 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 that like totally transformed not only the way i played but the way i like thought about music and the industry and like or at least the, the instrument yeah uh and um and so like i was doing a lot of playing jamming gigging all throughout my university yeah 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 and because i wasn't a performance major there wasn't like you know so much pressure on me Although to like be really good, yeah, yeah. Even though my teacher every week would be like, "Did you practice?" I'd be like, "I tried." Yeah. You know, every week there was a little bit of like, "You should apply yourself more." Right, right. But it's like, yeah, it was like my first year. I tried really hard. I was like, "If I'm here, I want to get really good." Yeah. And then every year after that, kind of became less centered around performing on the upright. Yeah, yeah. And so it was. It was. Um, it it didn't feel like I had w- wasted any any time or any That's opportunities great. like. I was I was doing fine. Mm-hmm. Before we press record as well, you were we were mentioning well Emily of course, mm-hmm. um, and her education at Humber and how you were making friends through her friend group as well, and still jamming and still performing with with those people. Yeah, um, I feel like Emily, low key is 
or high key, I guess. High key, yeah, yeah, is like the reason I'm the musician I am. Like, there you go. Like you know, my parents obviously gave us both the same opportunities, but it was like I think it was really her passion for it that kind of inspired me. Yeah, and we're twins, so I feel like we definitely have like. Um, like a really good connection. Like we have a really good relationship. We're like good friends. We call each other like very often and we're like best friends kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was just, it was really easy for me to just like become friends with her friends. Right, be there and hang out. You know, like we, and we, again, we like played in bands together. So like it, it just made sense that we would kind of like be in that same place yeah, yeah and the people that knew her she was awesome and really cool so everyone who knew her and they knew i was a t- her twin which is also kind of cool <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. assumed i was really cool yeah <laughs> so it was just like it wasn't even like I, I i was like i yeah i had the opportunity to enter these amazing communities and mm-hmm. and groups of friends but i not only did i have the chance to do that but i had i already had kind of like a good standing with everybody. Right, right, like, right. Oh, that's Emily. That's the boy version of Emily. Sick, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're in already. Yeah, you must thing, be yeah. pretty cool, man. Like <laughs> you're in. Like okay, sick. Like, it, like you know, I, I, the theme of my whole life really has been like I I have tried not to work too hard for anything. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it it works <laughs> for me. Like I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah. want to feel like yeah, like overly privileged or overly ungrateful or something. But it's like, it, I've like even like I know I know you you wanted to talk about like multi being like a multi instrumentalist, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and I feel like it kind of is like there's there's a period of time where you learn instruments where it's like you get really good really fast. And then you hit a plateau mm. and that's when you have to put like the hard work. In. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so like, for me, I, my whole life was like, I just played a couple instruments that like got to that point. Yeah. And then I just kind of stayed there with <laughs> all of them. And then just by playing as much as I could, not even just like hours in my basement, like, which I hate doing, yeah. but like, going to jams, going to gigs, yeah, playing yeah, yeah. random stuff. Like, yeah. you know, like I play a gig with my dad where I play drums. Right. And so it's like, it helps me keep my drum chops yeah, yeah, yeah. up, even though I'm not like doing paradiddles every day. And so it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I there's that, like when we start talking about the jam, well, we could start talking about like my philosophy of all of this, but yeah. it's like, of like, you know, where there's like a micro and a macro music, you know, what music is. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I've kind of like been, you can kind of sometimes just like do that. Yeah, just yeah. go where is easy. Yeah. And then just. Totally. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me backpedal all of that and go back to this music camp I went to in high school. IMC. Yes. Probably also one of the most influential places um, ever. Yeah. For me was that camp. Not only did I make a ton of friends. Yeah. That's where I first met Sam Pamonte. Yeah. Yeah. Blue squid. Um, <laughs> that's where I, my two current roommates right now. Yeah. That's where I met them. Okay. One of my best friends, uh, who plays French horn, played French horn in my band for years. Ryan Garbett met him there. Uh, my friend who plays cello, Andrew Park. I'm still great friends with him from camp. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a lot of people from camp. I still know. And, uh, and they had all these talks and performances that were really inspiring. But one time somebody was like, uh, 
think it was like Phil X or somebody was talking about like how to get gigs. Leo Valsori, I think he was talking about it too. How to get gigs. And they were like, there were three things that you had to keep in mind. Like you had to be good at your instrument. You had to be available and you had to be a good hang. Good hang. And that was like, they were like, and that's the most important one of them all. Yeah. So like early on for me, that kind of like, it kind of gave me a, a relief where I was like, okay, I don't have to put so much pressure on myself to be this great musician. Right. You know, this great player. I don't have to worry about not living up to the the expectation I'm putting on myself or mm. like, you know, not being as good as that guy that I see. I just have to worry about being a good person. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And uh, being a good hang and like be, being able to like be friends with people. Yeah. And that will help me just as much. And that's what they said. And I feel like that stuck with me. And I kind of took that to heart. And, and it's the truth. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I have a, yeah, just don't worry about playing and being amazing because nobody really cares if you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless that's what the music's calling for. But, like, but most of the time it's not. It's, most time it is not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even the music that is calling for it, like, you know, doesn't always resonate. In, in a, in, at least for me, in, yeah. in, in a way that like nourishes me. Yeah, and it's good that you know that about yourself too. Mm-hmm. But going back to the good hang thing, and I, I know the people listening have listened to me say this multiple times, but like I'd rather I'd rather spend like six weeks in a van with you, and you not hitting <laughs> the like the right notes every night mm-hmm. or whatever, than spending six like six weeks miserable in a van. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I mean, like honestly, like me playing music is not just the music. No, exactly. You know, yeah. like, that's, like, on a tour, like, that's the thing you're doing the least. Yeah. It's playing <laughs> it's exact, music. Exactly. Like, you're exactly. you're loading in and out more than you're playing yeah, yeah. music, almost, yeah. you know? So it's, like, you're driving, like, for, like, yeah, hours a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're stopping at, like, some place. Like, you're, you're sleeping in yeah. on couches. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're, you got to be with people that you are like, you know, yeah, I can be with, hanging with, yeah, I can be with you and be a piece of shit and <laughs> you'll be, you'll just make it better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, sure. and if I feel grumpy cause I slept on somebody's floor mm. and I'm with this guy who's kind of annoying, I'm just like, Oh my God. Where are we? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I really have ever toured with anybody like that. Sure. Sure. Like I said, I feel like everything I've ever been in is, it's been amazing. So. It's, it's great. But yeah, the, the uh, stat for me, well, that I always, I always talk about too, is like 23 hours of a 24 hour day on tour is spent off stage. Mm-hmm. So it's How, like, yeah, you know, real. yeah, it's, that's it's like a great way to put it. 4% of your day is on stage. So it's like yeah. the, that other 96% or whatever it is. It's like, you gotta be, you gotta be that good person. It counts. Yeah. yeah. Even Victor Wooten, he said that he, it was like his mom, and he said it in like a beautiful, profound way that he does. So yeah. it's great. But he was like, his mom used to say, like, what does the world need with one another good musician? It needs good people. Mm, yeah. That's what the world needs. Yeah, good yeah. people. What is it? What does it really need? It doesn't really need another good musician. You <laughs> know, like Stevie Wonder wrote all the songs that we would really need to work have. <laughs> like he could have just stopped all songs at Stevie Wonder and been like, okay, these are all the songs. Yeah. And like, this is our Bible or whatever, yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, not, you know, not to say that that's actually true. Yeah. 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 That's a joke. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. I feel that. Yeah. Let's get into the jam. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, I have a s- sentence here. I'll, I'll read it, but it's uh when I talk, when I talk, 
to people about like wanting to build a community in Toronto and, and sort of building it around eights and having this podcast to build a community and build like more conversation around people. A lot of these people refer to you in the community building aspect. Oh, you should talk, you should talk to Jackson about this. Oh, you, mm. have you been to the fam jam? Of course I have, but oh, you should really talk to Jackson on your podcast about this stuff and this stuff and this stuff. So all I want to say before we even get into this this topic here is I've been I've been waiting to have this conversation for a while. And a lot of people, I think, will want to also listen to this mm. conversation and have referred you to me a lot. Anyway, I well, just want to get into that. I, that's I'm incredibly grateful for that. And and the jam has been <laughs> the jam has been probably the single greatest project I've ever been a part of. Mm. Um I say it all the time, but I've never felt more purpose in my whole life, like than than being a part of the, the this jam. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's. Uh, now, if I could talk for hours about other things, I could double it, it talking about the jam. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's just like it's so profoundly important to me, and it feels like it's been kind of like a lifetime of preparation for this exact area of life so yeah. i uh i uh, i have like n i have lots to talk about yeah. i don't know what uh, i don't know where you the, want to start the first or, thing uh, is please tell me well not tell me but please tell others about what the jam actually is just just from a okay. very like general like like if you're promoting the jam if you're meeting somebody on if you're meeting somebody at long McQuaid mm -hmm. and being like Oh, what's 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 to do tonight? And you're like, yeah. oh my god, I, I got this jam. Yeah. What what's like? What's the pitch basically? Well, first of all, the greatest thing is I tell I can tell every customer that comes along with Quaid about the jam, and I, <laughs> and, I and I do. You can ask my coworkers because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like because all right. So the, the although a lot of people call it the Fam Jam, the name is Big Fam Jam, not because it's the Big Fam Jam, but because it's the Big Fam Jam. Jam, right? So like the whole purpose. Um, and it's kind of like I'm, I've been very inspired by other jams that I've, I, I participated in and went to. Yeah. That kind of like gave me the idea. We could kind of talk about those as well. But the jam, the big – we all have our, fa our, our families, our small families, our like cliques, our, our groups of friends, our families. It's just like the close people that we know and that we share things with. Um, but there is a big family. Um, the, of people that love, appreciate, and play music. Um, and then, and so it was basically just like the tagline in my mind was just like, it's time that we get to know the big fam. Right. It's like, you know, you love music. You're an amazing musician, right? We, unless we have, go to a party together or like happen to be on a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When would yeah. we get to? Like talk, sure, you know, sure, or like, sure. and like, even this, like, this is an opportunity for you to bring people in and talk to them and like, yeah, like hear those things and like get those perspectives and just like make those connections. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, that's what it is. It's like a jam for, um, just getting together. Yeah. Like the music, uh, it's like one part of it, mm. but it's just like, it kind of felt like there was a whole in Toronto where we needed a jam that was every week that, you know, did care about music. Yeah. You know, not that, not that I like, you know, like we can not talk all about it, but uh, <laughs> there are jams that are cutting floors 
where it's like you kind of really need to respect the music yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the traditions. Totally. Um, or else, you know, you get vibed out or you get yeah, yeah. like, you know, people are like, that's not what it's about. It's mm -hmm. about like honoring and working on a deep tradition of music. Yeah. Um, and like connecting with things that we all are very passionate about. So yeah. when you come and like without that same level of seriousness, sometimes it's hard. But there's also like, I don't know, I also believe there's like the 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 professional musician and the very beginner, if they love music, can find a common ground. Yeah. You know? And yeah, yeah. so and so that's that's what's important is like we need also a place that every week the music is good not from like you know necessarily like a technique level but like more like a passion level yeah like the people who come love the music love music and that was nice and that was welcoming to <laughs> right, the people right because right? Right, yeah. like you got tons of jams that are oh cutting uh, yeah and oh, i yeah. think you do need them but i think you know i in my education i was really inspired by um by seeing how much fear there is in the classroom I remember teaching a vocal class for a placement. Yeah. And we were doing like a solo a unit where everyone sings a song, a solo song. They choose the song. Right. And they just sing it in front of the class and everybody has to do it. Yeah. But th there were so many people um, that were just like riddled with fear and right. riddled with anxiety right. about the the – the prospect of them singing. And these and were high school students. These, these were, weren't like music. Yeah. And they were high school students. students. Yeah. They were high school music students. Okay. 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 But like high school, like vocal students, but it was still, it wasn't like, you know, every one of them could sing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every yeah. one of them chose the song and loved music, but there was just like something about, I don't know, you know, and it was just kind of like, to me, it was like, how do you, how do you stop somebody who's afraid like that mm. or how do you help them? Cause the way not to help them is to say, okay, try it again with no fear and then do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't, and you can't also eliminate the fear because it's good to have fear and it's good to have that. Cause that's like <laughs> not protecting yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah, like yeah. you're, you're working as a human. So <laughs> like, you know, you kind of need that. You can't like get rid of it. Yeah. So it's like where, where, and where I kind of landed in my, where I thought it's like you need to have a space that's really safe. It's really supportive and you need to give them as many tries and opportunities as possible. And so it's like, that was a huge inspiration for me of doing this jam kind of goes into a lot of like the way I run it and the way I like, I pitch it to people is mm. basically just like, you are welcome here and we want you to, to give it a go on stage. Because, like, let's say you're just, like, a singer for fun. Yeah. You just sing at home. You don't really have, like, a musician community around you, but you love singing. Um, you come and sing at the jam. Yeah, yeah. Where else are you going to get that opportunity, you know? Or, like, maybe you – like, for me, I remember when I had this moment in in second year where I was, like, I'm, I'm wasting my time because I don't know anybody. And the only band I'm playing with is my own band. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't pushing me. Um, I went to a jam uh, run by a guy named Donnie Milwaukee called the Boom Bap Hump Day. It's kind of like a hip-hop-centric jam. But I went there and met tons of people and from there got so much opportunity to play. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you need spaces like that. And so it's kind of just like it, it – uh, there's a long version of how I kind of came to making it. 
and how it kind of came to be. Um, but the the pitch is like it's a jam that's for everybody. Yeah. And uh, and that's and so that's that's basically what it's it is. time to get to know the big fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you love and appreciate music, you are a member of that fam, and you're welcome to the jam. Yeah. When people come up to you at the big fam jam, um, what what do you think they're looking for? Well, I mean, it's hard. I feel like a lot of people come looking for different things. Yeah. I think there are people that come with that, like, earnest, like, oh, I'm just going to try to, like, uh, like oh, I'm just going to go try it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I love singing. I love music. And I'm just going to go try it. Um, there are some people that are, you know, are looking for more, like, a serious, like, people who take it really seriously and they want to have, like, a, a good jam. Yeah. And, uh, but I think what people are looking for whether they know it or not is community yeah i think that's like the number one thing and you know i always say music music at the jam because mm -hmm. it's like you know the music that we make is is important obviously it's good practice and it's good bonding with people but the fact that we're all together is the most important part right the fact that even the band like house band like yeah we play together and we get better and we're getting tighter as a band but <laughs> We are hanging out every week. Right. We are seeing each other. Yeah, yeah. In the flesh yeah. every week. Maybe not. We're not talking about philosophy every week and having nine-hour conversations, but we're seeing each other. Yeah. And that counts for something, and mm -hmm. that like matters. And I feel like even just like other people in in the the music scene, it's nice to see them. Even to, even if it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you. Like in person. Like it just. It keeps that person in your in your space. Yeah, yeah. So that if somebody's like, "Oh, I need like a keyboard player," like, "Oh, I just was talking to this guy. Like, he's right. in town." Like, I, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like I, I feel like the whole point of it is that there's so many different things that we catch as many people coming to look for whatever they're looking for. Yeah, you know, I know some people that come like looking for musicians right yeah they're, yeah, like yeah. hunting for a band or totally. like they're like oh we need a bass player for this thing and yeah. i don't know anybody so come to the jam and look for somebody so it's yeah. like i think ultimately it's that and this will be a theme if we get deep into talking about we're about this jam is that togetherness is yeah. like the main purpose and i think like the main like benefit of what this is yeah i think it's important now because i think slowly the industry is moving away from it but I feel like there's a growing need for it, mm -hmm. yeah. especially after the pandemic. Yeah, like and and like you know the industry like that's going away for it is like yeah like definitely like the more like pop like business side of music yeah. where they're like you know trying to make gold records and it's like Drake and the Weekend like yeah obviously like definitely a loose party like jam isn't really like what that that is. But I feel like like I said like it's like food like music is old. And like, I, I one thing I, I like to say is that we learn music from the birds. Mm. You know, like if you l listen outside, like birds are making music and they're all doing it. And so, and if you think about like, even like, you know, like tribal societies or like, you know, uh, even like older societies, they had a lot of like, like playing music together was like a big part of like, the community yeah yeah and like a big part of like how these communities like spent time together mm -hmm. so it's like i feel like as much as it is like you know if you're if you're involved in the business of music it feels like 
we're moving away from that. I feel like that's something that's kind of like that is that is big. That was music first. Yeah, yeah, you know? oh yeah, and for so sure, like, for sure. And so like, um, uh, I feel like there's always a place for that. Mm. Yeah. My next question is, how has the Big Fam Jam evolved throughout the years? It has evolved, but it's also kind of stayed a lot of the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I one thing that we've been doing since November is we've kind of we've added this um educational yes. side of it, like these workshops. Yeah. Um obviously I come from an educational background and and my real passion, like I said, is like, you know, taking the shell of every person who has a love for music and breaking it. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like, you know, getting them to to understand that side of themselves musically and it, it and so it kind of just was really natural i always wanted to like go into schools and do stuff yeah because yeah. i had a lot of cool people coming to my school and really inspire me um oh, it makes sense yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. and it's again like it kind of was just like all right we want a jam that's for everybody even the people that have never played yeah and it, originally i actually did get a lot of pushback from that and a lot of people with like skeptical about that mm -hmm. and you know there are moments like i think we had an article that was written about Big Fam Jam, like in December okay. of this year, like, and I was like, oh, like some like UFT paper was like writing writing an article. I was like, oh, that's really nice, and I read it, and they were like, oh, they let anybody on stage, which you know sometimes is good, but sometimes makes it really unenjoyable as a listener. And I was just like, okay, who cares, whatever. And right, that's right. like that's not the point. But also, it's like, you know, it, we don't want to stop that. We can't stop that. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. that's the whole point. That's the whole point, yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, obviously, we do come from these traditions of music, and we do have a lot of people that have put time and that love it uh, deeply. And so I feel like, you know, the way to do it is like, okay, first of all, let's all talk together. Yeah. Let's, and jamming is one thing, but, like, talking about it is a whole other thing. Yeah. And also, it's just like, yeah, okay, if you want to jam with us, um, but you don't want to be, you know, just doing it on your own mm -hmm. and you want to learn like how to, to do it like somebody who's done it for years, then we will run a workshop. Yeah. How to jam, how to sing, how to play, you know, work on rhythm stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it, it and it, it's funny because the jam as selfless as it all is and as like ooh, beautiful for the community as it all is, ultimately it's for me. Like I wanted a place I could play every week. I wanted a place where I could practice leading a, a band, a practice where I could place practice leading an audience, uh, a place where I could practice teaching, a place where I could practice where I could bring in the people I want to learn stuff from. Right. You know. And yeah, learn, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, like I I remember I brought like Juan Carlos and Ch uh, Madrano and and Chendi, who are like these like world class percussionists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought them in to do a percussion workshop. And I was like, I don't even care if other people show up. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just glad. Totally. I just, it's just, it's been like a, it's been like a real beautiful time of like, I've just had an idea. Yeah. And I say, can we do it? And there's a whole group of people ready to just do it. Yeah. And so it's, it's just like, okay, these are things I want to do. You know, like mm -hmm. I want to, I, I think of like, I want to be in a choir. So I'm starting a big fam choir. So that, <laughs> That's awesome. So that I could be in one. Like, right, right. And and I'm going to bring in guests to like run the choir so that I can just be in one. And like I want to work on my rhythm and like learn about different percussion instruments. So we're doing like 
rhythm workshops. Yeah. Like I want to hear how other people jam. So we're doing these jam workshops, not so that I could go blab about how, how to jam, but right. so that I could just bring, learn more, bring yeah. people in and be yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. like I do this jam every week and it's ingraining patterns in me that mm. definitely are helpful, but like they're patterns. And the only way to break them is to do something different. And if I'm doing this the same every week, it's, uh, it's, I need somebody to be like, oh, think about it like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, again, the big fam has always, uh, has always kind of felt like I was like, this? And right. Everyone was like, yep, 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 yep. Like, sure, let sure, me give sure. you, let me give you as much yeah. as you need for this. Like, mm. you know, it's never felt like, oh. Like a chore or anything. Yeah, it's never felt like, oh, is this, if, are people going to resonate with this? You yeah, know, yeah. Like, it just feels like the only thing I've ever Besides, I guess that one article that was like, <laughs> sometimes you got to plug your ears. For sure, sure, But sure. it was like, uh, you know, it's it'd been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And and like, and and I was like, I guess I could talk about like where it all came from. But like, yeah, yeah. there's definitely other jams that kind of like inspired me that way too. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, just do it this way and yeah. they will come. Mm. I think... It would be really cool to, to hear you on where it came from. But before we even get into that, and to the, for those who haven't been there or are interested in going, what what is like the format of the evening? You talk about workshops, mm -hmm. but then there's the jam in the evening. Do you want to just talk yeah. a few minutes on yeah. what, the, what, what to expect, basically, when you're going? Yeah, okay. I guess that'd be a great way to set up the jam is to talk about what it is for people who don't know what it is. So what we do, we're at the supermarket, uh, which is a bar in Kensington Market. Um, we do a workshop every week now from 7 to 8.30. Um, we started with the workshops. We did every instrument for each month. So yeah. we had like a bass month, guitar month where we brought in guests. Now we're trying something where we're starting like a four-week um, program, essentially. Yeah. That's going to happen every month. Um, so the first week is choir. The second week is a rhythm workshop. Third week is a... Uh, um, a jamming like 101 where we like learn songs together and play them and talk about it. Yeah. Um, talk about like strategies that directly apply to jamming. And then the last one is a dance class just to kind of nice. get, again, yeah, yeah, again yeah. like for me to like learn how to dance, <laughs> yeah. but also there's like a rumor that Toronto crowds don't dance. And yes, you know, yeah, I know it's, we, it's we got, true. <laughs> and so, and so I, but the only way to change it is to start a revolution. So <laughs> a dance dance revolution yeah. so it's like okay this is this is like if i could do anything to help with that revolution it would yeah be yeah like, you know get better at dancing myself <laughs> uh and then so that goes from eight seven to eight thirty and then the jam proper starts at nine o'clock mm -hmm. and um so the house band starts usually so we'll play like five minutes sometimes a little longer if it's really cooking yeah yeah which they're like my best musicians i know so it does get cooking sometimes. <laughs> but um, then we just, there's a moment where we open it up and it's like a, a very strict come up whenever you feel like policy. Right. And it's kind of like, we don't, we don't stop the songs. We just kind of keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, when, and it's anyone can come on at any time. And we're like, there's no bad time to come up. There's no bad, you know, thing to do here. Mm -hmm. um, we just ask that you like, you know, keep others in mind yeah, yeah you know sure, like you yeah. know get like remember that leave space for other people something i say all the time to mm. people at the jam yeah you know because that's like you know the drummer's too loud 
this guy's playing too much. Uh, the singer is like yelling way too loud. Like the one thing that you can always say to get jam feeling good is just remember to leave space for others. And then right. that's the thing that happens. So, yeah, yeah. so it's basically anyone's allowed on stage at any time to do whatever they like mm -hmm. um, from nine o'clock till one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also have a break in the middle and we've been doing this thing, uh, the halftime show. Yes. I was inspired actually by a jam in LA called the juice joint mm. that did this. And that the whole big fam kind of came from that place. The juice joint it was like, that was where I went where I was like, this is the vibe that we need to have in Toronto. Right. Um, of just like really welcoming. Yeah. Um, but they did this thing where they had an artist play during the break. Right. And I always wanted to do it. And then like last December, somebody reached out if they could. And I thought, you know what? We're doing it now. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. you can. And I'm going to book every other week from now until like forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so we have like, and also it's perfect because like, there's so many people like, you know, at the jam, like I always say that the jam serves the loudest people in the room. Mm. You know, like I can yell over 25 people. So it's really easy for me to, to, to jam, you know, right, right. they could be doing a rock thing. That's so loud. It's deafening. And I could go and yell and like, you know, participate, but not everybody can. Yeah. And, and it's like, especially the quieter voices in the room, like the people who may not want to like, go to that level or don't feel comfortable going to that level to make yeah. their music. Like where do they, they don't, you know, where's their place at it? So the halftime show also kind of was like a great way to like showcase songwriters and showcase people that, that feel more comfortable in a more pared down setting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's like, and it also is like showcases the community. Yes. So yeah. It's like, it was just like one of those things where like it had one, easy reason and it just has like a, an abundance of of benefits yeah and so and so that yeah so we have so the workshop jam halftime show jam we go to one o'clock there you go it's every week for the next end of time basically <laughs> yeah that's awesome um do you have any dreams for what it could become you, you say until the end of time mm -hmm. are there are there like are there dreams for it to be like becoming more than once a week or like what's the dream for the fam jam um yeah i mean it's actually kind of funny it kind of is more than once a week now yeah there's like i i've been saying a lot there's like a jam renaissance happening in toronto like i know we like we are kind of we like a lot of the same people that run the fam jam also started another jam called the hot spring yeah it's i've been like, seeing it it's yeah. more like run by my friend forrest and matt um uh but and there's a jam at Division eighty eight on Mondays. There's a jam on Wednesdays at Imperial Pub called Musicians Anonymous. Mm. Uh, and there's a new one like once a month on Wednesdays called the Potluck Jam. And there's like jams on, on every weekend. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's there's so many jams happening. Yeah. Um, my goal for the jam, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I think ultimately. It's hard for me sometimes to even like appreciate where it is right now because I just think it's one of those things that's only going to get better the longer it goes. Yeah. You know, the, the juice joint, for example, had been going on for six years when I when I went there. Right. And that was like, okay, well, our jam has to go a minimum six years and then maximum, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, like my dream, one thing I've been talking about and kind of like ruminating on is that like, Again, like I have a lot of my backgrounds in education, yeah. so I have a lot of like passion of like making making music learning accessible as well. And so I think one of my goals is that one day we have like 
like a building or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big fam head- sure. headquarters where sure. like we can not only like run jams and events, but like also like have like lessons, lessons sure. rooms or like rehearsal rooms or something. Just like basically like a community center for musicians. And that's like. It's amazing. That's kind of like maybe the ultimate goal that yeah, I have. Totally. It's like if I think down the line, like where what it could evolve to as especially like as far as like dedicating my life to it, that that kind of makes sense. Um, I also had this, you know, have an idea of like, I would really like for like Long McQuaid, for example, has its fingers in community music across Canada. Yeah. Like across Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and they 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 do teach a lot of lessons, which is awesome. Yes, but so. like, you know, that that like sense of like playing in a band and playing at a jam, like is something that is great in Toronto and would be great everywhere else. So like obviously jamming is not like a new thing and this is not a new thing, but like having, taking the big fam jam and the big fam philosophy and the energy to other places in the world and other places in Canada is also something that um, I want at some point. Yeah. Whether or not it's just like, I know I've actually been talking to some people in Montreal that run jams and we were talking about like coming and doing some, uh, some coming and jamming there and doing, yeah, like, yeah. doing a big fan in Montreal and having people come and like do stuff. Like an exchange and, yeah, situation. Or, or yeah. Like, or even just like, you know, go make those connections with those people. Yeah. yeah, totally. um, You know, cause they are, they are kind of sister cities or close by kind of. Ish, yeah. They <laughs> share it, but they share a lot of the same like people and communities and stuff. So. Yeah. And even, even like, you know, the West Coast or like the middle of the country, like even having like a city we could go to once a year or something mm-hmm. uh, like it just I feel like it could be cool. Yeah. Have you have you thought about like doing like public speaking engagements or like speak like more like more of like that sort of like. Yeah, I, I like it. I wanted to go to schools and kind yeah. of like basically like jamming is is for some reason like I've never I love jamming. Yeah, because it's like a way for me to be free and not worry about perfection, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, you know, that's the thing that stresses you out when you're trying to learn music is that you watch these people who play it so effortlessly and so like, you know, quote unquote perfect. Yeah. That, you know, every mistake you make is like stupid. Right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, so I love jamming because of that, because it's like, you know, it's like make a mistake and nobody cares because mm-hmm. that's the whole point is you're throwing things against the wall. Yeah. And yeah. We're, and we're trying things. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people um, are finding out that really daunting and find it really like I could do anything. Oh, now I don't know what to do. And so, but there's like, I don't know. I feel like I'd love to go into schools to just tell, especially like students at that high school level. Right when their insecurities are like starting to really, really come to the forefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's okay. It's, it's, there's, there's easy ways and hard ways to do this. And, and you just need a little bit of guidance to get you started, I think. So going to schools is definitely like at least doing those kind of things. As far as like public speaking, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like yeah, or I, I, being like a panelist or something, like you know, like doing like that sort of not yeah. necessarily being like an ambassador for jamming, but also just talking about the philosophy of the fam jam, mm. you know. And I think this is a way to do it, totally like talking about it. And I and I'm grateful for this. And I, I would never say no if somebody asked me to yeah, yeah, do yeah. something like that, you know, because obviously sharing the message and talking about it is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you know, like kind of like. I'm also like, you know, I'm doing a lot at the gym and I definitely like have a philosophy and like 
and like a deep connection to it and, and a drive and I could talk about it for years and years. Yeah. But um, it, it's also like there's so many people that make the jam what it is besides yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like, you know, it's not just me mm -hmm. doing it. It's a lot of people that make it happen. So as, as much as I, I feel like talking about it works, like we're going to be doing this jam for, like I said, like 20 years. Yeah. Like, that's like <laughs> yeah. my idea. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So like uh, I'm almost like, okay, we can talk about it later too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, like, for sure, for sure, Like for sure. I think, you know, talking's great and, and making music's great, but it's like what will happen out of the – 20 years of togetherness that is, comes from this jam mm. will be bigger than anything yeah. that I could have said. You totally, know? totally. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it'll speak for itself too. <laughs> Any tips on, for people who are wanting to get together, mm. you know, with people, um, obviously you're a big facilitator of that. Um, any tips for people who are, who, who, maybe are hesitant of having that conversation with, mm. with somebody being like, Hey, do you want to get together? Not at the fam, big fam jam, but somewhere else and get, creating music together or, you know, reaching out via DM or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think to do it. Like, like I said, like Victor Wooten, I went all the way to Nashville to learn the lesson. Like if you want to do something, you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. You know? And so it, again, like, I feel like that, even that, like ha that fear that, that we were talking about where it's like, oh, I'm not good enough to, to, to be thought of as that, that, you know, or like, you know, that's all something that's like, there, there are lies you tell yourself to keep yourself protected, but they're not like, it's not true, you know? And, and I, I've again, like been blessed with a lot of opportunity, but also I found that like, if I wanted something, I would just do it. You know, like yeah. I wanted a band, I would start a band. I just call, yeah. I would just call people I, I knew. And it's like, if they say no, or if they can't, then that's, they just ask, Move on. find somebody else. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like, but like there shouldn't, if you want to start a band or if you want to like practice writing with somebody, or if you just want to take a lesson from somebody mm. or you want to just like reach out to somebody at the jam that like, t like that touched you in some yeah, way yeah. like do it because that's the whole point it's mm. like you know the worst thing that can happen is they're like i'm too busy right but the best thing that can happen is like yeah okay like let's do something like let's or even it's like i know like i know like there's an artist who just did the halftime show uh ambica and she like her whole band was f from the jam that's awesome you know <laughs> she was just like you know i think she was like new to the city and yeah. she's like a songwriter and wants to perform with a band and was just like you know hey you do you want to do join this band like yeah yeah, yeah yeah and like they all joined the band and i saw them rehearsing and i was like you want to do the halftime show like i need somebody for like two months from now like you want to yeah do you want to do it like yeah, yeah, yeah you all come to the jam she was like yeah that'd be great and she did it it was awesome, <laughs> That's awesome. and it's like yeah it's like yeah you, you you just do it and especially like i would say especially if you're like new to it right right you know especially if you're new to yeah. it like there's no you'll learn so much if you call a, re a rehearsal with like the best musicians you could find yeah and 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 you know even if you're like the most unprepared you've ever been you're gonna learn something yeah <laughs> you know 
You're going to learn either that it's for you or that you need to work harder or mm -hmm. that there's there's an element that you weren't even thinking of, you know, and you'll just learn stuff from, from those. I always tell people and like I did this a lot was like when I was growing up is like you play with people who are better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like that's the vibe. Like mm -hmm. if you find somebody that when they play drums, it's like, oh, those drums. Yeah, you yeah. know, most of the time they are busy. But sometimes, <laughs> drummers for sure. but sometimes it's like, you know, Hey, like I'm playing, you know, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, do you want to meet every week for a songwriting session and become Fleetwood Mac? You know, <laughs> it can just be like, Hey, do you want to like, I'm playing a show at freaking handlebar yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end of the month. I'd love a band. Like I have eight songs. Do you want to play them with me? Yeah. You know, even if like, you know, you'll find people that'll do it. Mm -hmm. And that, and again, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. 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 Totally. That's the whole point. Just go talk to people. Be like, hey, I love your sound. What's your Instagram? Or can I get your phone number if I want to call you for a gig? Everybody there is not going to be like, whoa, I, I really was not expecting this kind of interaction at a jam. So uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And like, everyone's going to be like, yeah, totally, man. Like, well, okay, let me show. Let's make music sometimes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say again, do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake <laughs> and do follow your dreams. Make those mistakes. <laughs> Do you feel a sense of pride with, with, with this? Absolutely. With this project? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I've never felt more purpose. Yeah. Every, like, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I would do, like, like, I would do, like, MC the assemblies at my schools. Yeah, yeah. And then I would also, and then, like, in high school and later on, I would, like, join every band and try a bunch of different instruments. And, like, you know. I, and I hate re reading music and like, I love just jamming. So like for right. me, this is like the, everything I've ever cared about and put time into doing is like on, is like being worked at the jam. Like every, all awesome. my singing, all my playing, <laughs> my multi-instrumentalism, yeah. my band leading. Yeah. Like I wanted to lead something. I yeah. wanted to practice leading. Right. This is practice leading. Yeah. Um, I definitely like, Sometimes I get lost in it because I, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I do sometimes have a hard time like accepting, uh, like praise or like sure. compliments mm -hmm. and, and, and they, like I said before, like the jam, like as much as I'm doing work there, like it's so many people yeah, like that, yeah. that even like, you know, the, the team aside, like the the people that show up regularly, like just the people that show up, just the people that talk about it outside. Yeah, like, yeah. like that's, that's the beating heart of the jam. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I don't, it's one of those things where it's like the whole nature of it is that it's not, it's not me. Mm -hmm. It's everybody. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't, I, and also like, because it's such a long-term project for me, cause I'm always thinking like 20 years, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm like, you know, like people are like, oh, it's so great. It's so nice for the community. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I'm just imagining it in five years. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, imagine sure, it would, sure, you sure. could say that now, but wait till five years and say that. So, yeah. so part of it is like, I'm proud of it, but I'm not done. Mm. I'm not done with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, nice. There it is. Look at that shiny little jam we got. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is going on. And mm -hmm. I'm like, not, I'm almost not even like thinking about it in the present. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm only worried about the keeping it going. Totally. I think it's a good way to think about it, honestly. Yeah. Like, not necessarily... And I think it's, it, it is that musician's mindset that you are talking about earlier where it's like not being 
hundred percent. Not that you're not satisfied with it, but that you see the potential for it and you see the growth and the importance for the community as well. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and it's not my, like it, it's not mine. Like, yeah, yeah, no, know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not mine. So I don't really feel like possessive yeah. over it. No, it's like, good. it's not like, like it, my band is different. And like, you know, if there's songs I wrote and I'm singing all night, you know, obviously I'm going to have like a whole different feeling uh, with that. But the jam, it's kind of like, I get to just have fun. Yeah. And everyone's like, wow, this is so good what you're doing. I'm like, I'm just having fun for me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. So, but, yeah. but, 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 but no, in all, in all seriousness, like it's, it's kind of blown me away. Mm. What, what, um, it, it the feeling of yeah, it yeah. and kind of like, again, like kind of the ripple that it's already had um, and the reputation that it's already got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm immensely proud. Amazing. And it motivates me to keep going. Yeah. You want to shout out the team members quickly oh, or some of the, some of the, some yeah, of the people. I know okay. there's so many people. Yeah, and it's, let's, it's... let's shout them out. Okay. Well, Paulina and Leanna are my two angels. They are, um, they run like my social media and like, <laughs> If I send an email, I think I'll die. Okay. You know, that's how I feel (laughs) about life. So like, so like running a jam like this, like you got to send some emails every now and again. So so just like, you know, I'm, I've never been great at like pure organization. So I have them, they're like my admin team. They like, if I have an idea, they like help it get started so nice. i i had only only amazing thank you for, for them also adrian and adrian Poon and adam lee um, although adam doesn't work with us anymore like on our second jam ever at friday roots yeah we there's these two guys there i think it was thanksgiving weekend there are these two guys there adam lee and, and adrian poon they came up to me and they were like oh we would love to help you run the social media like we would love to help make videos for your social media and i was like okay that's amazing i have no budget like right right at that time it was like free right and like all the musicians i think were working for basically free or like we got a cut from the bar but it was like not a lot it yeah, was yeah, like yeah we just wanted to we didn't know it would be big so we were just like make it free yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. Then we'll do it for the love for the yeah, first yeah. little bit uh, but they and they were like we don't care we don't care mm-hmm. and so they started doing the videos that are a lot of them are still on the instagram page like the old videos like they were all like shot and edited by adrian and adam i think that honestly did a really that was so early on it just like solidified the jam yeah, yeah people saw it people saw those clips and it automatically made it something that was cool yeah yeah and so that that alone, I think, had a huge impact. But Adrian still helps us, uh, you know, produce the the video content and and helps kind of like organize other photographers and stuff too. So Adrian got a big shout out. Um, and then the band is like, you know, for the most part, been like a lot of the same people, like Zach Stuckey yeah. uh, on guitar, Lewis Ir- Ir- Irvine on drums, and Dan Lee on drums because uh, Lewis brings his conga. Yeah. Um, I've been like with us like since the very beginning um shout out to matt dowdy trombone player and like pretty much kind of like my right hand as far as like i always talk to him about stuff yeah about like if i have an idea for the jam i i usually run it by matt Mm -hmm. and he's like 
he he runs a hot spring with Forrest, and he like nice. he's just like a really really good dude to talk to about that kind of stuff. Um, um, uh, Ray, Forrest, Halia, Branco were our our house MCs, and they're they've they are amazing and just good people. Uh, the keyboard players uh, we've had Sam, Ewan, uh, Sam Pamonte, Ewan Farmcomb, Victor Ray, uh, Cameron Tinkleberg. Uh, and then like everybody that we've had, like Jeremiah Pick and Kubla and Nash Annan and, uh, Nick Ferraro and Christian Antonacci and Emily, uh, all these people that have like sat, sat in with the house band. And then I could start like thanking all the like regulars, you know, like, <laughs> and all the people that have been doing like the workshops, like, um, the bar supermarket, Jesse, the bar. Mm. who has been at the bar since we did our monthly supermarket gigs yeah, there. Yeah. Like, it's like kind of... There's so many people. It's insane. Yeah, yeah like yeah. once I start <laughs> listening, like that was just like the house band and core team. And I'm even sure I forgot people in that list. Um, but like, there's so many people to thank. Yeah. Also like, you know, the Juice Joint and Donnie Milwaukee and and Dennis Lim Serson, who I was a keyboard player I played with the jam with uh, um, uh, at first when we were at Friday Roots. Mm. And it was just like all these people that kind of like helped it bring it into the world. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, that's that's the, infinite thank you. Yeah, there's yeah. like, yeah, there's, those are the shout outs, but that's the, basically the minimum amount of shout outs. Amazing. Hey everybody, we're back, Jackson Steinwall, on the 21st uh, episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. Stoked to be here. Um, thanks for Jackson. Thanks to Jackson for being here. He's currently filling out the producer's game, the fan favorite game here. Uh, just a little, um, you know, just letting people know what the producer's game is. Jackson's filling out his, his uh, dream album that he could make. Um, so it's uh, artist, band, producer, studio, city, era budget and for him too i i asked uh I, I added the release show so how he would release the album uh and do it maybe a little concert there for it um so we'll be right back i'll give uh, jackson some time to do that and uh we'll find out what he has to say about the producer's game we're back this is the fastest producer's game uh we've ever had here at the uh, the podcast um please yeah you have you had something to say about the process your your thought process here uh i didn't think too hard at all because <laughs> okay. i think uh, if you gave me five of these i think i could have made five different ones so, right yeah um i just kind of went with my gut for them please i i, I also kind of like at first I know you had like era here, mm-hmm. and so I, uh, I guess it could be anybody from any yes any anywhere. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll give some shout outs to uh, the Meters as the backing band that I I would love to have play over any artist. Yeah, um, so, I'll I'll hold up the board okay. actually. Special uh, special shout out to Freddie Mercury and, and Brian May, who are like probably two of my uh, favorite artists ever. Uh, um, and then, uh, but, uh, but I thought, I thought of, okay, this is, so I don't know. You want me to get going on it? Yeah, please. Yeah. From top down. So the artist is EK plus AS for those people who know me probably will recognize it as Emily King and Alan Stone. Oh, basically my dream, uh, 
album would be like a duo album. Yeah. Where they both, Please. yeah, that's where great. They, where they are both singing and writing the songs. Yeah. Because they're besides, like I said, Anderson Pack. I feel like Emily King, who I just saw last week, and Alan Stone are my two favorite modern artists. Yeah. They just have so much soul, so much like, so such beautiful songs. It's like that's the that's the band, and the band would be the Free Nationals. So just like some really tight <laughs> pocket. Um, uh, we got for those singers, so they have a nice band that's so funky. Uh, the producer, I, as, uh, I, you know, I'm not like, again, like I'm not really like a recording artist specialist. And so like, I don't have a lot of producers just like kind of in my, in my back pocket, right? you know, from history that I would know exactly what they did and their yeah, contribution. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I do know one producer personally that knocks my socks right off and that's Juge, Julian Sahoyas, the pink squid. Um, he, um, he's just got a sense for music that is so genuine um, and so funky. Mm. It's like funky is such a loaded word, but like, you know, because funk is something, mm. but funkiness is almost like another thing. Right, right, and right. And so while Julian has lots of funk, he's also got a lot of funkiness and that he brings to basically every genre that he approaches. And so uh, I just know that if he was in the booth um, giving ideas to these folks, it would be good. Amazing. Um, the studio, Electric Ladyland, because it's legendary and sounds really cool. Yeah. And if you said we recorded in Electric Ladyland, that's dope. And that's about all the reasoning I have for that. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. And the city is T dot so that I could come. Um, also, special shout out to um uh like like a like a tropical oasis studio, you know, like yeah, on, yeah, a, yeah. on a mountain somewhere. Nice. That's like a you know, where we can like have like a communal meals and stuff all yeah. together. Uh, but uh, but uh, but the city, I, besides Mountain Retreat, which I didn't have a specific one in mind, put a T dot so that yeah. we could uh, still go to the big fam jam on, uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. So Electric Ladyland, but in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. We record, yeah, exactly, but in Toronto. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I don't know. You had studio and city. No, no, it's great. They, they could be different. Yeah, they so. could be different, of course. So, yeah. Oh, we could, uh, yeah. we could put it anywhere. Uh, era right now. Because that's what I want. I want this right now. So uh, the budget tight. Because I don't. I think if you had too big a budget, yeah, you know, you just you, you could put, you could put it all in all kinds of places. And, mm. and and I think especially like this vibe, like a live off the floor kind oh. of kind of recording session. I think yeah. would be like would be would be ideal. Not something like so produced, like mm -hmm. very like live band focused, very like. A organic instrument focused not to say that you know like you know i'm sure juge would have some very tasteful post-production ideas yeah but i but i think for budget i think a tight budget would just i feel like these people would know what to do with a tight budget sure so sure sure yeah I, I i that's and that's the kind of music i like too is like music that i feel like i could i could be doing so, yeah yeah so that amazing that, uh and the release show is an outdoor music festival because hooey that's the most fun in the world yes like an like kind of block party-esque type like you know celebration of mm. community and music with food mm. and the sunshine and all that good stuff in kensington market maybe it, maybe kensington maybe <laughs> out on the beach you know maybe maybe in like uh um, we could go to Muskoka and do it on there like, you go. A, and like a lake or like, yeah. or even just like, yeah, like close off a busy street and like, 
and like have a whole group of people like putting together like a festival. Yeah. And then one of the headlining acts could be this, uh, the new project, you know, if, uh, like Silk Sonic, but it would be like, you know, wool, uh, <laughs> Kingstone, yeah, or wool, wool, uh, wool rhinestone or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Awesome. Well, that's great. This is, this is awesome. I always like to kind of bring this, this game up to sort of see where people are at and their influences, you know, it like Emily King, Alan Stone, they never came up through this podcast. I would have never known these, these very direct influences if, if, if it wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't have played the producers mm-hmm. game. So at first, you you were like we're playing a producers game, and you had all these lists like artist, band, producer, and I was like, "Am I? He's gonna like test me? <laughs> no, am I gonna no, be no. like? Am I gonna be like? Uh, is this uh, <laughs> no G- Jimmy yeah. Jimmy producer by James uh, Kirk? Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah, James D Kirk. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's just a fun little game to see oh, where sick, where you're at yeah. with your influences. I love that. Man. Yeah, uh, and that's how we wrap it wrap it up. Great. Thank you for All coming right, by. Yeah. And, and uh, it's great to, to hang, to talk. So good to hang, yeah. man. I, and again, like I said, I'm really, really happy you're doing this. I think, you know, like if the jam is, is good for the community for, in one way of getting together, like having having people share their experiences and sit down in a non-cacophonous setting mm. and talk about music yeah. is like also so important and like a great companion to that. So there you go. I'm just really grateful you're doing this. Hey, 21 yeah. episodes is a strong run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, we're, if, we're not stopping anytime if you, soon. If you made it 20 to, years, dude, if you made it to 21, 99 is not going to be, it's not a far step. Man. It's not so like, it's not, yeah. let's keep going. And yeah. uh, thank you everybody who listened and who's watching and feel free to reach out if you want it uh, at any other things from me please do cloud machine podcast come out uh, is always coming out on tuesday but so is the fam jam so please head to the fam jam kensington market at the supermarket yes every, every tuesday every tuesday night seven o'clock is the workshop and nine, and nine o'clock is the jam if you follow us on instagram at big fam jam that's mm. the main uh source that we kind of put uh, who's uh, who's playing and at the halftime show and who's doing the workshops and stuff. So, and everyone is welcome, whether you've been playing for twenty years or twenty minutes. So, there you go. Uh, if you are a shower singer or you played drums in high school and you are looking for some kind of creative outlet, this is the place. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you next week.